This is episode number 45, Balance University, with Chris Williams. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. My oh my, it has been an incredibly fulfilling week, my friends. And one of the highlights of this week was meeting with my new friend, Chris Williams. Chris was a student athlete at Northwestern State University where he played football. He was a college football player. And then he went on to compete in bodybuilding, eventually opening up a clinic to focus specifically on all the health and fitness challenges that the aging population faces in their daily lives. He works with clients after surgeries and physical therapy to continue the therapy and progress. And so he's been a personal trainer for 17 years. Now, I would not bring on just any personal trainer. Chris knows exactly what he's doing. He's been there, done that, seen it all in terms of fitness and health. And he is all about functional movement, all about balance posture and flexibility, not just slamming around weights. And so I wanted to bring him on to explain the importance of, of course, balance, posture and flexibility in terms of longevity. We want to, we all want to live long and longevity is increased with balance. And he's going to explain that in this interview. Uh, it sharpens the mind and you know what, I'm not going to spoil anymore, but we talked a lot about how he began working with balance, um, fitness throughout the life cycle, the importance of leg strength as it pertains to life indicators. Lack of leg strength can cause cardiovascular disease, believe it or not. We explain why in this interview. We explain why balance for athletes is important. Balance isn't just important for the aging population, older clients like Chris and I have. Balance is incredibly important for people like me, 21-year-olds, 30-year-olds. Balance is super important. I incorporate balance challenges into my everyday workouts. And so the lesson that Chris leaves us all with is how to assess balance without expensive and fancy equipment. How to incorporate balance into our everyday lives so that we can live longer. That is the learning objective for today. And now without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only Chris Williams. He's incredibly warm. He brightened my day, lifted up my spirit, and informed me on balance. And I know he's going to do the same for you. Enjoy. All right, Chris Williams. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, finally. And and I feel a kindred spirit with you because 
Uh, number one, we both do in-home clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it just makes sense for our business models, right? Yes. Um, we we both have written books with uh, our you know our dream universities, Mind Growth Correct. Mindset University, yours Balance University. That's right. Really cool, man. Yeah, really, thank you. really unique. I, I I feel one with you in that in that regard. <laughs> um, National Academy of Sports Medicine. Correct. Um, that's both of our our certifications. So. Um, a lot of oh, and college athlete as well. We're both college. We were yeah. both college athletes. I am yeah. no longer either. And so we are more alike than we realize. And we're just a it's hop, crazy. skip, and a jump away. Probably less. And me and Fort Myers, you in Naples. It's yep. a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. And and I was honored to get the call and excited to do this, man. I think this is great. I think you're doing a fantastic service here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So. I want to know. Why don't you tell everyone a little about a bit about your your origin story, how you um, began with balance? But before that, you're okay. really you know what what you're up to right now, and okay. I got started in there. So, uh, believe it or not, I became certified. I'm a dinosaur in this industry. Uh, I became certified back then. Uh, the company was called Nadita, and I believe now they're called the National Dance and Exercise Institute. Um, so I was 20 years old, and that's when I first got certified. And so you go through all the different growing pains, and you learn, and you get your experiences, uh, and fast forward into what has gotten me to where I'm at now. Working in the gym business, okay, working in this training industry, you see a lot of things. And so as I'm getting older, and I get married and I have kids and now I don't have as much time to dedicate to my six pack uh, as I want to, uh, I start looking at longevity. You know, I'm getting older and holy cow, this is, uh, you know, I need to start looking for a way to create some longevity. It just so happened at the time I had a client who was a geriatric physician. He asked me if I would be willing to go into the homes and work with a few of his patients and uh, being a dad and, and having the responsibilities that a father and a husband have, I said, absolutely, do they pay? Because I will be there. And so uh, I quickly became aware of the necessary need for balance. And um, what had happened, I had a client that was a dear friend, became a dear friend, as most of ours do. And he kept falling and he kept going into physical therapy and uh, it affected me. You know, I didn't enjoy seeing my friend fall the way he did. So that began my journey into balance. And then you start looking at statistics and things like that. So from a longevity business standpoint, made a lot of sense to move into that area. Certainly. And you talk about, we were having a a riveting conversation (laughs) before we got on the air here about how you, in your last, your one semester away, I think yeah. you, you said you were in advertising, right? Yeah, advertising. You were about to graduate, and then you right. switched. I need you to tell that story again, yeah. man. It's incredible. Story. Worst, worst move ever. Uh, it was like pulling hair, man. Um, so I had a, an economics professor, and he's telling this story, and I'm not even going to try to uh, present the data. All I remember is the story, right? I don't remember the numbers. He's telling this story. He's sitting on his desk, and it's the way he's positioned. He's got his leg up, and he's talking to us. He's not teaching now. He's talking to us, right? We're a bunch of seniors. We're getting ready to go take on the world. And he says to us, he says, listen, there was a study done, 
and we had X number of students who chose their career path, their degree path, because of the amount of money and financial gain they would have. Then, in a second group, we had a set of students that chose their degree path because this is what they were passionate about. So some years go by, 15, 20 years, and the study was redone to get results. What they were looking at is they were looking at who stayed in the field, who didn't, who earned what they would consider financial success, who didn't. The folks in the first group who chose the career path, the degree path for money and financial gain and success, notoriety, they had become alcoholics, uh, some drug addicts. They had uh, most of them are not even working in that field. And a lot of them uh, on their scale of happiness were not very happy. And I remember that resonating with me because that's what I had done with advertisement communications. I didn't know what I wanted to do, get a business degree, then I'll choose. All that time I had become fascinated being a college athlete. How can I create an edge? Because I found out when I got to college, I was mediocre at best, man. They've got some guys that can play up there, you know? And so um, the second group who chose that path because they were passionate about it, those guys had achieved happiness they had achieved financial success in their eyes. They were uh, more fulfilled. And the impact that they had had on others' lives were far greater than those that were miserable. And that resonated with me. And I walked out of that classroom, walked over to the Family Consumer Science Building, and I said I wanted to change degrees. And no one in that building looked at me and said no. And I wish they would have. <laughs> And so why do you call that the worst decision of your life then? Because you, you're doing what you love to do right it, now. Yeah, it totally was not the worst decision of my life. At the time, as I'm trying to finish, because I lost every credit hour that I had gained. So as my friends are graduating, my parents are getting invites in the, in the mail and things like that, you know, I, I, my parents are kind of looking around at me going, hey, uh, should we be getting ready? And well, there's something I need to tell you. You know, I changed majors. And so at the end of the day, it was the absolute best decision I had ever made by far. Yeah. And so in hindsight, at the time, it just seemed, it seems crazy. Right? Yeah. It yeah. was rough. I, I feel that because I am in, I'm in a very similar situation where I'm in marketing. Okay. And it's just stupid. I've talked. I just. I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, actually, very recently, that you know the concepts that we're learning are archaic. We're learning newspaper print ads and, and inventory costs. Like, like we got yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Inventory costs anymore. There is no such thing. And I mean, there is. But anyway, um, this is this is not. We're not learning relevant. Um, you know, modern modern stuff. Right. It's just the content is just. There's a big mismatch, and so. But there is one department that, I, that does have it right, and I'm, something I'm very intrigued by is psychology. Okay. I always say the worst decision of my life is was not taking psychology. So uh, this conversation right here is definitely you know it, I've been weighing it heavily on my mind for a, you know a number of of uh, you know probably a yeah. year now. Yeah. And. Um, so I thank you for this anecdotal uh, evidence of, of prosperity after this decision Listen, to switch. I, I had an aunt who was um, 
she was was very much into positive energy and and auras and going with the flow and she always encouraged me to follow your heart and she always encouraged me to to go the path that I feel you're drawn to and at some point in time someone said to me whatever you're passionate about you'll find a way to make money at and you get advice from all over the place. I heard somebody tell me one time, don't make your hobby your job. That was the worst advice I'd ever gotten because my hobby is what I love and I get to do what I love every single day. You and I, people like you and I have never uh, have never worked a day in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's freaking fun, man. <laughs> Listen, there's always some stuff you're going to do that you don't enjoy. But I'm going to tell you what, at the end of the day, when you stack it all up, uh, I am very happy I'm at where I'm at, for mm-hmm. sure, in the Absolutely. industry I'm in. Absolutely. I, I as well. And so I want to get into balance then. Yeah. Uh, because I think this is a very overlooked uh, aspect uh, indicator of overall health um, yeah. and as a centerpiece of I mean it's really all about functional uh, exercise right you got it yep yeah I want you to explain why balance is so why is it so important because even I mean I know it's important but I don't really know why right I, I mean I do but not <laughs> mu- as not like the guy who wrote balance University so I'm giving a lecture for the Parkinson's Association tomorrow, right? And so one of the things I'm, we're going to do is we're going to take this Bluetooth speaker and hook it up to an alarm. And every 11 seconds, there's going to be a beep. It's going to be in the background, right? It's going to be a bit annoying as people are coming in and they're talking. They're going to want to know, is that a fire alarm or whatever? But they're not going to pay too much attention to it, okay? So as the lecture starts, I'm going to explain to them that... These beeps were set at 11 second intervals. Every 11 seconds, a senior is treated in the ER for a fall. Every 20 minutes, a senior dies or someone dies due to a fall related injury. So here's the thing, balance is important if you're 85 and you want to go to a restaurant and you don't want to fear falling or tripping or walking up the stairs and embarrassing yourself, it's part of staying social. And then let's not even get started with pickleball or tennis or golf, right? I don't mean to interrupt, but you just you just reminded me, my, my grandfather, a, a year and a half ago now, he mm-hmm. fell playing pickleball and he, he, he had to get his hip replaced. There you go. So these are examples, Jordan, that occur all the time, all over the world, right? Specifically, we're talking in the United States here, these statistics. So take it to an athlete. Why did Herschel Walker and all these guys take ballet? Mm. Why? Because they wanted to improve their balance. Balance is the foundation of movement. So what, what I do is I specifically work in the aging population uh, because for one, they're retired and I can get the job done. They all want to train in the morning. So that means I can go to work and be done by five o'clock. And if you're a trainer, you know the routine. It's early morning, lunch, and late nights. <laughs> so they have the time. And, and also, when these older guys, when they start to realize their balance is not very good, uh, all of a sudden they become even more mortal. And they start to see their social lives slipping away. And when that happens, then that motivating factor of all others, that motivating factor becomes the one 
that they will spend money on themselves to fix. Mm, I see. Balance can, uh, in in that way, you know, when your social life sort of withers and and uh, you, you, it, a lack of balance can sort of lead to a minor depression. Oh, right. Joy, listen, I was with a client uh, a few weeks ago, and he calls me and he wants to go through Balance University. Okay, and I said, sure, sure. So we go over and we sit down, we do an assessment. And uh, this is the story he tells me. He says, Chris, listen, I'm out with my friends and we're in this very nice restaurant. A waiter comes through carrying a tray of food. I just simply wanted to take a step back to get out of the way. However, I got, I became disoriented and I fell. He said, Chris, I was so embarrassed. I had no idea my balance was bad. I said, you know, the good news is there's something we can do about it. The bad news is we've waited this long. So let's get to work, you know. Certainly. Now, why? Uh, of course, balance is, is very important for <clears throat> the older population. Right. And, and, all, and keep, just keeping their minds sharp as well. Balance is very, very important for it, very uh, beneficial for keeping your mind sharp as well. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's something I really focus on with older clients as well. Right. Uh, but why for a college athlete? Or, Uh-oh. or a, you know, just a twenty-one-year-old, thirty-year-old going to the gym and just doing regular life. Why is it important for those people? So, if you're adding loads to movement, reverse lunges, lunges, and you can't stand on one foot, right, for thirty seconds, and now you want to add a load and movement to that, that is a functional disaster. So, what you need to do is be sure that your, your neuromuscular efficiency, you're able to control in proprioceptive environments, one foot, and then we can start adding loads. Then we can start adding movements. I'm so glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you about the bet. And that's how it's known in my house, as <laughs> the bet. So believe it or not, I have kids that, uh, I have two kids in college, one that's a senior in a local high school in Naples. <laughs> so. About six years ago, as we we're looking at balance and pursuing this as a business venture, I grabbed a Dyna disc and we're standing on, I'm standing on this Dyna disc and I stand on it with my left foot and I reach up with my right hand and I try to go down and touch my toe. Well, my mom and dad are in town, you know, and my mom sees this. She goes, oh, I want to try it. And I'm like, okay, let me get close. Let me bring all this foam, find as many pillows as you can. You know, she doesn't train balance very much. She works out, but I wanted her to be safe. My father, who was in the Air Force for 22 years, and Senior Master Sergeant Williams, walks by and he says, don't even ask, I'm not doing that. I said, sure, no problem, Dad. So my teenage kids come by, and this is a novelty. They want to know what this is. They want to do it. I want to be a part of this. I'm going to do it. So we all take our turns. I struggled, my wife struggles, uh, my parents, my dad didn't even try it, my mom couldn't do it. The, the kids, they did fairly well. Then my eight-year-old comes running through, right? He's running through the kitchen barefooted, he's cruising out the door, he stops, he sees us, and he looks and he goes, whoa, what are y'all doing? We show him, Jordan, he gets on it, he goes down, touches his toe twice, and we all just say, get out of the house, don't talk to us again, right? So what we just witnessed, the younger you are, the better your balance is. 
Now, the older you get, that deteriorates. So the younger you start working on your balance, the better off you're going to be. Okay. Okay. So how do we incorporate that in our regimens, in our health and fitness regimens? Something simple. Without expensive and fancy equipment. Yeah, yeah. Something simple. So let's say you have a, a, a band, right? A tubular band. Now, we all love our bicep curls, right? Curls for the girls, man. Got to get it in, right? Especially down here at the beach. So instead of putting two feet down, why don't you put your left foot down and stand on one foot and do your bicep curls? It's simple stuff like that, or even when you're doing military press. Now, you don't have to make that your core workout, but if you're doing three or four sets, why not do your warm-up set on one foot and then do the other, and then go into your main set? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I actually, uh, now that I think about it, I use it as a sort of natural progression mm -hmm. in my own workouts where, um, you know, it, the first set of military presses, they will be, um, you know, an overhead press. Like, I'll just do them on two feet. I do four. So, like, I usually, you know, so I, I always say two sets for maintenance, three is for change, and four is for transformation. So I always do four. So the first, like, one or two will be on, you know, Two feet, right? right. You know, I'm just you right. know, I'm getting into it. You know, solidifying the movement, and uh, and then the next couple of sets, I'll I'll, I'll alternate <clears throat> I'll alternate uh, feet, right? And I do that with bicep curls, uh, and and I even do it with um, <clears throat> reverse flies as right. well. I do it with. There you go. <clears throat> what is happening in my voice right now, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, all right, I got that out of my system. I'll do it with um, what's it called um, the. Uh, when you're bent, bent, yeah, bent over rows, right. I do them with bent over rows. I do it with just about every, like every anything I can, and uh, it's so. I, I think it, it people. Uh, I, have a, I have a friend Patrick is like, why, why are you doing that? Like, what's the what's the point of that, Jordan? And I, right. I can explain it a little bit, but like not that well. I've explained it before, where like you know, military presses. Me being a, a cheerleader, or right. at least I used to. Uh, I push it's the same motion like right. I, I I dip down and I push I push a woman up over my head full extension right like a military which press. is very hard by the way it is absolutely <laughs> so my reasoning was okay if I can do this in the gym on one leg when I do it on two legs right it's gonna be so easy so and that's the thing once you think about it you start identifying all this play, all these places that you can work on it. So here's the deal. I also train about 500 kids in a soccer academy down here in Southwest Florida. All right, we do SAQs, speed, agility, and quickness. One of the things that we really focus on are unilateral movements. And all the kids, why? Why do we have to do this? And then I love it when they ask because I love to talk. And I get to tell them, this is why. When you slow down or you decelerate or you accelerate at, at, a, at a change of possession, what are you pushing off? Are you pushing off of two feet? No, you're pushing off of one foot. So the stronger you are on one foot, the stronger that you are on that lower leg, the faster you're going to accelerate, decelerate, turn around, change direction, and accelerate to catch up with that change of possession. Mm. Does that make sense? So, 100%. You buy that? Oh, yeah. I just made that up. Really? Just, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, dude, people fool me all the time. They, 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 you can say anything. I'll be like, really? I do it all the time. 
It's funny. <laughs> so you also say um, the the message here. I'm going to condense it. Don't skip leg day because Never. leg strength. You say leg strength is a critical leg balance is a critical indicator of health. Sort of what we were talking about right there, pushing off. Right. And so why are we there? There's a lot of guys out there that skip leg day. I have friends that, that do it, and uh, there's a there. It's it's like an epidemic, and, and you know I say no self-respecting warrior Thank would you. ever skip never leg day. You should be of the mindset that if you could only work one body part in your life, it should be your legs. Here's why. When men start working their legs, we release more testosterone, right? So let's go beyond that. So it's a life indicator. <clears throat> there are three life indicators. Our ability to build lean muscle tissue, our VO2 max, and finally, leg strength. So there was a study done, and forgive me, I, I don't have the, uh, the source. There was a study done, and I read that at 70 years old, what you've done before then, prior to 70, is what you're going to take with you into the rest of your life, physically, fitness-wise. So when you start working your legs at an early age, you're increasing your chances for mobility, for flexibility, your testosterone, your ability to build lean muscle tissue. I could even draw a link between cardiovascular disease and leg strength. The less you move, the, the weaker your legs are, the less you move. The less you move, the less the heart pumps. And and the legs require, when you work out your legs, it requires so much oxygen. Yes. It's a great, it's again, great for the cardiovascular system. You got it. Absolutely. You got it, man. <laughs> and uh, now on the flip side, there are uh, women I know mm -hmm. that work out legs way too much perhaps way too much is there such thing as too much where they're doing it you know four times a week there's such a thing as over training rhabdomyolysis yeah right yeah. so what explain that so th that's very rare by the way so okay. i just threw that out there because that's an extreme case right. so um what happens is working and this is a controversial issue too because you have guys out there that say work legs every day you know there's a principle and there's a theory there where people have gotten big results it all comes down in that case into what you're eating what you're fueling how well are you converting protein how, how what's your protein synthesis look like are you getting enough are you able to repair fast enough and what's your workout i mean we're not squatting 600 pounds every day right so with the ladies, I would say, or with anyone, is you have to give your body a break. Your rest is just as important as the workouts themselves because that's where the body repairs itself, right? We have a natural circadian rhythm. When the sun goes down, our bodies start to shut down because it's time to recoup and recover. This is one of the reasons why the United States uses this as a torture technique, right? They put people in a, in a cave, if you will, in a dark hole, and they don't let them see the sun for days on end. And it confuses you. You can't sleep, and, it's, and it drives you crazy, right? So when it comes to recoup and, and recuperation and, and working, you need to give the body time to recover. But then that varies 
greatly with the person with what you're eating. Mm. I want to, I do want to explore that a little more because yeah. I am of the you know opinion where. Um, that, I mean, the way, for people that don't know, the way, um, you know, you build muscle is, you know, you tear these muscle fibers, you have these micro tears mm-hmm. in your muscle. And correct me if I ever, if I, if I trip up, oh, but no. you get, you, you create these micro tears in your muscle fibers and it fills back in when you rest. It fill it's, it fills back, it fills in. So it grows back just a little bit bigger. And so if you're constantly making these micro tears, micro tear, micro tear, micro tear, and it, you don't let it fill back in ever, right. how do you get do you get bigger? But then there are some people that I mean I've read studies on PubMed.gov of overtraining. It's right. a real thing. But then there are some people, uh, you know, bodybuilders that really do see the results. And you said it comes down to food, right? And, and I think too, uh, I, I do want to say, is it healthy? I think body chemistry is like fingerprints, right? And I think that it comes down to the individual. Now we're really splitting hairs, Jordan. Now we're really looking at what's going on in your daily life, what's your daily stress like, you know, your mental stress, because all that's going to play a huge part in your recovery. Me, personally, I don't think it's healthy. I also think that if you're doing a set of 50 to 60% on squat, three days in a row, I think that's doable. But I think day four or five, you need to take a break. And just like you said to your point, the body under stress, those muscles, they don't like stress. So what happens is we get these micro tears, the body tells itself, hey self, we don't wanna go through that again, so let's build some lean muscle tissue. Here, let's use this, let's use this, right? So that way when we encounter that stress again, that it's not as tough. We're more able to overcome it. We're adapting to overcome that load, that stress. Mm. All right, Chris, that sounds all all wonderful. (laughs) I I love this conversation. We've been talking a lot about health and fitness. And so right now I do want to go into a little more business. Oh, yeah. Right? Certainly. So you we were talking beforehand and i do the same thing it makes more sense obviously you on a much more larger scale this isn't my main thing uh you know training but um it doesn't make sense for you to be brick and mortar really you so you right. I- explain your philosophy here so it's especially with where i'm at in southwest florida it's a very seasonal place people usually have two homes, they're coming down to visit or they're coming down to stay six months and then they're gone for six months. So if you can only imagine the ebbs and flows of gym memberships as it is, then you add in the seasonal uh, customers and this seasonal revenue, it becomes very difficult. In my case, I wanted to stay away from brick and mortar for as long as I possibly could. And that was the very reason why. It made more sense to me also with the population that I work in. These folks didn't grow up knowing fitness the way we know it, Jordan. Fitness is a sport for us, right? With CrossFit and the Spartan and the Tough Mudder. I mean, we grew up with it being fun. Well, not too long ago, just a generation or two ago, fitness was something you did Uh, because you had the time 
most of the time these men um, and women were working and taking care of the families and the women stayed home and the men worked. And if fitness just wasn't looked at the way it is now, and of course now things have completely changed, right? And, mm-hmm. and in some cases rightfully so. So what you have is individuals who aren't comfortable with fitness, completely imitate, uh, intimidated by the gym setting. Now, a lot of them may not even be able to get to the gym. Either they can't drive or they are just flat out not mobile enough. Mm-hmm. So that justifies me then even more to steer away from brick and mortar and go towards the in-home type trainings. Right. Then there's the argument as well that uh, driving mm-hmm. there sort of caps the productivity. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But then there are some, you know, some places that make sense. Uh, like my colleague, Steve Jordan, one of my best friends, yeah. um, he's out in Los Angeles. He's a celebrity trainer out there. Right. And for the most part, he has in-home clients, but for the most part, like they all come to him in his little studio. Right. Um, and so like, it's just like back to back to back to back to back. And like, you know, it's, it's just, it's very efficient. Right. Steve has done a great job in, in, uh, branding himself oh yeah and he has created a fantastic niche for himself and people seek Steve out the average trainer doesn't have that opportunity or we're all fighting to create what he has Mm. so when you're on your journey sometimes going into the homes is a great way to start and you're 100% right travel does cap my time it has taken me some time to figure that out. So when it comes to building value in yourself and you have to explain to folks, listen, I'm dedicating X amount of time to train one person. This justifies the reason we are charging X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And now finding that clientele that will pay that, that sees the value in that, that's your job. Certainly. That's your job to go out and seek them out and create the value so that folks are willing and understand what they're paying for. Absolutely. And uh, so speaking of the drive time, uh, and I do want to circle back to um, the uh, pricing, but uh, speaking of the drive time, uh, the, Steve, when we would go to our in-home, you know, like when I was, when he would take, when he took me under his wing three years ago and and when I was, uh, so like when I, when I would go out there in the summer, I still go out there in the summer, but now I like run the studio and he goes away. And he goes, he goes to Italy and I uh, He's food. got you now. Yeah, so, but, but when I was under his wing like that, uh, we, when we would drive to the studio, it was like a great ritual. Like he, we would put on Joel Osteen, yeah. you know, seven o'clock in the morning and, and, uh, and it was just, so like whenever I drive uh, to an in-home client, I'll, I'll put on like Joel Osteen or... Uh, yeah. or some other podcast any other podcast maybe I'll listen back to one of my own just to like because I do that to learn like I really sure. I learn so much about myself I mean uh, I, I think a good podcaster has to do that absolutely um, but uh, speaking of pricing um, you know finding clients that will pay that uh, mm-hmm. my philosophy is you're either the best or you're the cheapest right and I don't want to be the cheapest no. I'm, I like I, I'm confident I, I, I mean, like yourself, probably, uh, I am confident in, in, in my superior abilities for the most part in just about everything, uh, it, it, you know, in, in all of my brands, you know, especially with, with websites where, right. like, costs a pretty penny, it, but, 
but I know I'm the best. Right. I don't got to sell you on anything, right? Right. Uh, so it's about putting that value out there, you know, knowing your worth. Right. That's right. And so you know your worth. And what you have to do is articulate that worth to that client. So how do you do that? And, and the way that I do that is I bring in a sheet of credentials. I don't talk about it. They see the sheet. They see the list. Nothing needs to be said. And then we start talking. But you hit on a great point, Jordan, about what you listen to, the mindset that you get into. Oh, I think yeah. you've written a book about it. So <laughs> plug you there, bud. <laughs> so your mindset is everything. And people love positive energy. And everyone wants to be in a great mood. Most everyone. So if you come in and you're nervous and, and you're unsure of yourself, you're already behind the bar. You need to go in there and understand your value. Have confidence. Not be egotistical, but have confidence. And your job now is to help this potential client understand why you are confident. What is your value? And you want them at the end of the day saying exactly what you said. He is the best. Mm. That's why he is not or she is not the cheapest. That's yeah, that's awesome, Chris. It's about it's about getting in the right state. Like mm-hmm. to your to to your point. And uh, you know, to, in setting intention, uh, getting in that right mindset, you know, like before I do it before everything, you know, I, before you, before I, I, like minutes before I saw you, because like we had not met before, I said, who do I want to be with Chris? And I want to be warm, I want to make that eye contact, I yeah. want to be strong, charismatic, and I just want to, overall, the, the I just want to show my loving kindness and, and yeah. authenticity. And so uh, I set that intention. and. Uh, you know, it's funny. You said you're like, you said, uh, you know, the way you, I had reached out to you, you're like I didn't, I didn't know if you were a flake, because I, I, like I've had people reach out to me that are a flake, yeah. but I, but I looked into you and and uh, I, I realized you weren't a flake. Yeah, yeah, very quickly, very quickly, I did. Yeah, we've I, we've had a few incidents where you know we've had some some people reach out and you know, so it didn't take long though. Yeah, you were validated quite quickly. <laughs> Love and respect to you, my friend. So, uh, is there? I think we covered. I think we covered most everything. I, I, yeah. It's like I don't want this conversation to end, but yeah, yeah. I just, um, if I could add one thing, you know, this industry needs talent, and it needs oh, yes. young, passionate trainers who are willing to learn, and you know, find a mentor, and and it doesn't matter where you are in your career, because if you think you know everything, then you're going to hurt yourself or someone else. And everything is the only constant in the universe is change. And you have to be willing to go where the business is. Don't ever put yourself in a hole because you'll constantly be trying to climb out of it. So what I'd like to do is encourage the young trainers out there to keep striving. We've all been there. Reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. Um, And I guarantee you the success is there. Just keep grinding, man. Oh, so many things you said in, in that explanation there that, that just had me jumping. Uh, one, yeah, find a mentor. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I did. That's what I always do. Yeah, and absolutely. whenever I want to learn something, uh, you know, Steve Jordan. And then so number two, the only constant is change. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. There's a whole chapter in my own book about that. I mean, species, whole species have gone extinct 
right. because they did not adapt. That's right. They didn't. They did not adapt to the change. Like the right. dodo bird never learned to fear humans. So what happened? They went extinct, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Same thing with uh, there. There's a type of the wara. It's like a type of type of cat, I believe. Huh. They went extinct. They didn't learn to fear humans. They mm -hmm. went extinct. And so, uh, of course, yeah, the only constant is change, and it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point, Chris. Yes. Great points. Thank you. <laughs> great, well, hey, great points throughout. I mean, with you, I, I, I want to... Uh, before I ask my final couple of questions, I do want yeah. to acknowledge you for your kindness, and oh. you know you're, and <laughs> and you know I just, I could tell in our communications beforehand like this is a genuine guy, this is a warm guy, and someone I'm really I, and I had seen you, I'd seen you, I've been looking, we've been connected on LinkedIn for right. months, yeah, that's and right, I, and I've I've seen you on there and. And I was like, I, I said, like, I always wanted to reach out to you, man. Yeah. And so, like, I was just, I just got to it finally, and I'm so glad I did. And yeah, also, like, yes, my friend, I, I, I appreciate it. And so, your attention to detail, not overlooking balance as a critical factor in overall health, because people overlook it. Uh, all it's, the time. Right, and um, you're, it's like, uh, you're, you're into functional exercise, which is the response. It's responsible, right. You know, right, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It's responsible for you and and uh, for your health. and, and I know, and, and for my athletes, you know, mm -hmm. for, for these soccer players, uh, it, it's honestly, it's more about preventative type care than it is anything else. Absolutely. Because um, the stronger you are on one foot, the, the better off you're going to be. And we can break that down a hundred different ways, but that's the fastest way to put it. Right, right. So, Chris, how can we enroll in Balance University? Hey, there's a couple of different ways. We're offering classes where it's one day a week, and you can come in and you sit with a Balance University certified trainer, and they take you through a course. It's about an hour long. We have a location in Naples. We also have a location in Fort Myers near San Carlos Parkway, and you can go to my website to get information on that. Uh, and I'll give you the website in just a second. Also, you can give us a call and we'll come to your home. And the, the third and final way to do this is to buy the book. And Absolutely. you can go to my website to get that at, at uh, emeritushealthfitness.com. That's E-M-E-R-I-T-U-S healthfitness.com. And also, we're on Amazon. So if, if you want to go to Amazon, check us out, couldn't, Balance University. Yeah, couldn't be any easier. No excuses. Balance is, is very critical. And you'll yeah. see Chris's smiling face. Yeah. I, got, I got the book right here. Chris's smiling face right yeah. on the cover. You got the uh, model in cheek. Man. Yeah, hey, man. I, I, I'm on the cover as well. It's uh, another thing we yeah. have in common, man, that I have uh, much respect for you. And Thank so, you, Jordan, very much. Yes. Same here, Same here. It's, uh, uh, this is an awesome connection that I definitely want to maintain. So... Uh, my final question then. Oh boy. What does life beautifully designed look like to you? I think it takes work. It takes consistent practice and you have to be willing to know what you're looking for. And that's hard because a lot of people do not want to have discipline in any parts of their life that require work to get better at. So if being kind is what you want to accomplish, then it needs to be on the forefront. Write it down on your mirror in the morning with a dry erase marker, what your goals are or who you want to be, your traits, your characteristics. 
Um, I think that you must always strive to be better than the day before. And when the sun sets at the end of the day, and there's going to be a final day, are you going to look back and regret and wish? We all will to some extent. My, my hope and, and goal is maybe to do it a little less and to be conscious of my life. So, Chris Williams, I love that. It's been a pleasure having you on. Oh, Thank Jordan. you so much. Thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, very impressed with what you're doing. <laughs> I think this is great, and I completely uh, support what you're doing, and I just think it is incredible uh, that a young man like yourself is as far down this path as you are. I see great things for you. So anything I can do in my humble corner over there, I'll be happy to promote and support any way I can. Likewise, likewise. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. And if you enjoyed this one today, make sure you subscribe if you have not already, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And make sure to leave an honest review as well. When you leave a review, we grow. We spread this message of growth even further. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, then you can go ahead and get my book, Growth Mindset University, which is available on Amazon. And by getting this book, you're not just supporting me and this channel, but you're also getting a book that's going to lay out the rules and principles for you to creatively and effectively design your life full of joy and fulfillment. Whatever that looks like to you, it's going to be a life filled with purpose. All right. Now, thank you for listening today. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count live to learn and grow to give.